The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. Marianne, I love this show, but I'm afraid we might be too hard on the atheists and evolutionists. We judge them quite a bit. And the Bible does say, I was reading this morning, judge not lest ye be judged. Whoa, but the Bible also says if you judge, judge righteous judgment. So I think you're making a hermeneutical error there, Eric. How often have you heard somebody quote scripture out of context trying to make their point? Yeah, and how do you know that you aren't being led astray by false teachers and false interpretations of Scripture? Our guest today, Chris Roseborough of Pirate Christian Radio, is going to give us some guidelines for interpreting Scripture and for detecting false interpretations so we can understand the truth of what God is teaching through His Word. Mm -hmm. So join us as we explore the topic of biblical hermeneutics. Hermeneutics? You got that right, Eric. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith, arm your children, and raise up a family who knows the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you Battleship Apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy, Battleship Apologetics. If you've never heard of biblical hermeneutics, have no fear, you're just like everybody else out there who's never heard of that word. <laughs> and if you have heard of it, you probably struggle to remember what it means. Basically, biblical hermeneutics is, or exegesis is a fancy word for interpretation of a text. We draw out the intended meaning of the text. In our search for truth and sound doctrine, the ability to interpret the scriptures accurately is very important. It's actually vital. Otherwise, how do we know what God's Word truly wants from us? How can we know how to please God? How do we know what His purpose is for our lives? How can we live a transformed life that the Bible attempts to talk about? What about Christ's deity, His crucifixion, His resurrection, His miracles, and even salvation by grace through faith. It is incredibly important. It is. And this season, we have been providing you with all sorts of ammo for your battleship. But biblical hermeneutics, on the other hand, is not quite like ammo. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Christianity is more like a battleship than hermeneutics is the framework for our ship. It holds it together. It's the framework on which biblical claims and understanding of Scripture can actually be given. <laughs> That's true. Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 1 describes God creating the heaven and the earth in six days and resting on the seventh day. Now, some people look at this and say, well, that's six literal 24-hour days. That's how I look at this. Mm -hmm. But other people say, no, this is actually an allegory where each day represents millions of years of time. To us at Creation Today, the exact meaning of the word day is very important. If day doesn't mean a literal 24-hour day, but instead can mean long periods of time, then several problems arise in interpreting the rest of the biblical text. If the rock layers of the earth were formed over millions of years and not by a global flood, then that means death existed long before Adam sinned. But Scripture tells us that death came into the world after Adam's sin. 
The Bible's integrity is compromised by this interpretation of the word day. Great summary there. Man, that Thank was you. good. You know, we should be very concerned that we don't injure the biblical text by misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. In Mark uh, chapter 7, verses 9 through 13, Jesus rebuked the Jewish, leader, the Jewish leaders uh, for rejecting the commandments of God and creating their own traditions. And that is, he just, he says, it made the word of God of none effect right. whatsoever. So when we impose our own traditions and ideas on the scriptural text, we destroy its meaning and its power. That's right. And this reminds me of what Paul's warning is in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. This is a warning about seeking teachers uh. who preach self-gratifying, power, a positive thinking doctrines that teach you, you can believe whatever you want to believe. And it really comes down to that. It is self, it's a self-gratifying mm. gra gratifying motive behind the interpretation mm -hmm. that leads to what's called eisegesis, which means reading yourself and your own ideas into the text of scripture. What is it that we want to believe? Well, I think a lot of times we want to believe that God is consumed with our glory. We want to believe uh, that we're here for our own happiness. We end up wanting to believe humanism. That's right. Eisegesis corrupts the text. Yeah. But exegesis or hermeneutics attempts to get our subconscious human motives out of the equation so that we can decipher the intended meaning of the text. Now, hermeneutics uses guidelines in examining the text. It considers several <laughs> different things uh, like uh, who was the scripture written to? Uh, what was the culture of that day? What was the context of life in that culture? What was the language? What was the genre going on? I know all this kind of sounds boring, but I promise you it's not. It's quite interesting. Well, up next, we are going to dive into some of these guidelines with Chris Roseborough of Pirate Christian Radio. Yeah, so stay tuned, mighty. We have to talk like pirates? Arr. Do you find yourself jumping from site to site or wading through thousands of search results to find answers about God's Word and His creation? Well, no more. SearchCreation.org brings the top creation and apologetic websites together into one search engine while ignoring the thousands of sites that push lies and half-truths. So if you have questions about molecular chemistry, deep space, dinosaurs, or how to defend your faith in a godless world, visit us at SearchCreation.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. We're back to talk about hermeneutics with our special guest today, Chris Roseborough. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Chris, my family and I are huge fans of your Fighting for the Faith podcast. We love your humor, the music, and then all of your amazing insights that you have concerning false teachings today. You know, thank you. This is something we really have to be aware of today, the whole idea of false teachings. I mean, the Bible talks about that. Yeah. Tell us about your ministry and what got you into this. 
Well, what got me into it is uh, really the fact that I spent some time in a cult myself. Oh, wow. Uh, even though I went to a Christian high school and, uh, you know, had Bible class five days a week and had Bible verses that I had to study, unfortunately, uh, the way I was reading the Bible, I didn't quite understand it. And as a result of it, that would, you know, kind of drove my wife and I, this is before we were married, we were uh, high school sweethearts, kind of drove us deep into, uh, you know, a hyper charismatic movement where we had a prophetess over us and uh, they literally controlled every aspect of our life and God in his mercy set us free from that and so having experienced uh, really what false teaching can do and how it can really mess up your life um, I, I had to start at ground zero and kind of figure out what is what does the Bible teach what is the Bible about how do I rightly understand it and in the process of doing that, I uh, began uh, ministering to uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, did some mm -hmm. countercult ministry, was formally trained in Christian apologetics, have a degree in religious studies and biblical languages. And since I believe that the purpose of theology, of uh, studying theology, is not to ingratiate yourself, but to serve others, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very thankful that the Lord has allowed me to serve others by taking the knowledge that He's allowed me to learn and serve the church with it. Amen. Yeah, that that's so wonderful. Cool. All right, I, I don't know about you, Marianne. I've always wondered, okay, you studied this stuff. You're the expert. All right, atheists come and they say, hang on. There's, we're talking hermeneutics here, this show. There's contradictions in the Bible. There. Hermeneuticize that. What do yeah, we do well, with those? that's actually kind of a silly thing. There's several really good books I would point people to. Uh, namely, there's a classic work uh, written in the early 20th century by the guy by the name of Haley. It's called Alleged Discrepancies of the Bible. You can actually get it for free on Google Books. It's a fantastic work. And you'll find that so many of the so-called alleged contradictions, a lot of that has to do with the fact that people in the 20th and 21st century expect the same type of precision that, uh, you know, just some kind of like minutia precision. And so they'll look at a passage that says that, you know, it rounds off a number and says 100,000 men were in this battle. And then, you know, it'll, you know, it'll quote another passage of scripture where it gives uh, a more specific number and say, see, the numbers disagree with each other. Therefore, the Bible contradicts itself. It's not true. It's not inerrant. And the reality is, is what they're not allowing for is the same type of things that we do. Like if, for instance, if, you know, you're going on a date with your wife and your wife says, what time are we leaving? You say, uh, you know, 5.30ish. But if you end up leaving at, you know, like 5.40, have you lied to your wife? <laughs> no, you know, it, it's, it's silly. So the idea is, is a lot of times what they, you know, what they try to do is really nitpick and try to find these really nano things. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll find when you read Haley's book or um, even the Encyclopedia of uh, Bible Difficulties by uh, Gleason Archer, another fantastic work, you'll find that so many of these uh, alleged contradictions just disappear if you take a little bit of time working with it. So I, I would point people to those resources if somebody's, you know, an atheist is throwing those types of arguments out at them. So. Mm -hmm. Now, Chris, you also emphasize context a lot in your podcasts. Yeah. So could you share how important context is and then maybe a few other hermeneutical tools that we could use that might help us as Christians? Yeah, right. It, the, think of it this way. Um, you know, when we talk about context, you know, the Bible was meant to be read a particular way. And, you know, and don't think of the Bible as one book. I mean, in, you know, it's not one book with one author. It's 66 books. 40 different human authors, but one divine author, and that's the Holy Spirit between all of them. 
And so the idea is, is that depending on which passage of Scripture you're reading, it's designed to be read a particular way. So if you're reading the Gospels, those are really designed to be kind of, you know, to be worked through as you would work through any good story. And so there's a, big, a beginning, a buildup, a conclusion, and a resolution. Mm -hmm. um, and so the idea is, is that oftentimes people who are really skilled at twisting God's Word, they'll take verses out of context. You have no clue uh, what the context of a particular sentence is appearing in, and they can make the Bible appear to say anything. Mm -hmm. And a good example, a classic example that the late Walter Martin used to use, is he says that you can you can put your finger in the in the Bible at you know any point in there, and it, you could say Judas went and hung himself, and then you can just flip around and put your finger down and says, so go thou and do likewise. Well, the Bible doesn't teach you to <laughs> do that, but when Bad you put those hermeneutics right there. Yeah. So you, you get the idea. Mm -hmm. So context That's really funny. matters in rightly understanding God's Word. Uh-huh. Now, are there some other tools that we could use, like um, Scripture? Uh, well, you, you talked about Scripture to Scripture a bit. Mm -hmm. um, what about... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Scripture to Scripture, though. I know what that brings up in my mind, because okay. I talked to a lot of atheists about this. You can't use the Bible to prove the Bible, Chris. That's so wrong. Uh, that's ridiculous. Actually, uh, see, why can't I use Moses to uh, to look at Paul, or why can't I use uh, James to look at Peter? See, the idea is is that the the uh, the uh, atheist is assuming that somehow you're engaging in some kind of a circular argument because you're right. quoting the Bible to prove the Bible. But in reality, you're quoting a one human author, or you know, who was divinely inspired mm -hmm. to help understand another passage of Scripture, mm -hmm. which was again written by a human author. Uh -huh. So the idea of Scripture interpreting Scripture is not a circular argument. And so, and then the idea is, is that in many ways, Scripture is progressive in its revelation. Mm -hmm. And so, in the Old Testament, we have types and shadows, and we have prophecies regarding the Messiah that go all the way back to uh, Genesis chapter 3, the, mm -hmm. the promise of the, uh, the seed of the woman who mm -hmm. would uh, crush the head of the serpent. And so you have this, these wonderful prophecies there, but they don't, there's not a lot of detail to them. So by the time you get to Isaiah, you, you learn that the seed of the woman is actually going to be born of a virgin. And you get to the prophet Malachi, and you learn that uh, the Messiah, this, you know, this promised seed, that he would be born in the city of David in Bethlehem. And so Scripture, it, it's, it's building, giving you more information, and then Jesus shows up on the, she, on the scene, God in human flesh. And this is why the, the book of Hebrews says that in you know, many and various ways, God spoke to our fathers you know, through the prophets, but now he's spoken to us in his son. And so now we have this perfect revelation of God because God became a, a man born of the Virgin Mary, born uh, under the law, born to bear our sins, mm -hmm. and, he, and he died and rose again. And so now we can see the fulfillment of those prophecies and understand all of the detail for it. So the idea that is we can actually look at Scripture to help us understand Scripture, and Scripture many times talks about the same doctrines or the same teachings from different authors across time. And when you compile those things where they're talking about the same thing together, you get a clear picture of what mm -hmm. God's Word means when it talks about these things. Yeah, that's cool. beautiful. Yeah. Unfolding and revealing itself through time. Well, yeah. uh, what about a, a cultural context? too. That's true. Because we don't live in the same culture that Scripture was written in. Right. Um, and this is, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. And, and so the idea is, is that God has intended His Word to be understood. And so I think a good way yes. to put it is, is that the, the, the cultural elements 
that we need to understand and help us understand the Bible are actually contained in the Bible, mm. which helps us. And so what, what happens, though, is, is that because we live in the 21st century in the United States of America or Western civilization, we have a different set of cultural assumptions than the people of the first century did or even the people in 700 and 800 BC. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to pay very close attention to and be good students of the Old Testament because that's going to help give us the cultural understanding and even the religious understanding of what's going on and when Jesus appears and how Christianity has a difficult time shedding uh, old covenant thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you if you really want to put it that way, uh, you know the the culture that we need to understand is there in Scripture, and we need to pay close attention to those cultural markers. And that again is another example of Scripture interpreting Scripture. Mm -hmm. Man, I love this. So what you're saying is I should not have made my wife clean out the entire house for that one penny that I lost. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> Well, you've got to have some great examples then of some, some things that people have said or uh, some ways people have tried to expound on Scripture and they were wrong. Can you stick around for an extended interview that people can watch on our website and we can talk about some of those things? Absolutely. Okay, coming up then, we'll, uh, we'll, we've got to continue the show, but go to creationtoday.org and you can see the extended interview with Chris as we talk about some of these practical examples going into how people have wrongly uh, taking things out of the Bible that really weren't there. Mm -hmm. Right after the break, we'll continue the show. It's time for Science and Scripture with Eric and Ben, here on Creation Today. Welcome back to the Creation Today show, where we are doing science experiments and going to blow something up. Actually, Eric, we do need to be careful today. <laughs> That's true. Do not try this at home. Don't try this at someone else's home. Let us do it here for you on television. You do need to be a trained expert in order to do this. I have no idea what it takes to be a trained expert, but... Don't try this at home. Hey, Ben, okay. here, we're going to just show a little bit about air pressure. We've talked about this before on different mm -hmm. shows, how the air that we're in right, uh, the air that we're under right now has a lot of pressure. We're at sea what level because we're in Pensacola, Florida. And so the air pressure that we're under, uh, if you add, take a square inch column of air all the way up 200 miles up because it goes up a little over 200 miles and added up the weight, it adds up to be, be about 14.7 pounds 
on every square inch. Every inch. And what's interesting is that's the same amount inside as outside of a that's bottle correct. just like this. That's correct. So the air is pushing inside and outside, otherwise it would just crush the bottle. If we sucked all the air out, you would see the air pressure push this bottle in. Now this is, feel that bottle. That that's is, a pretty, that is, that is that's legit. a pretty rigid, pretty rigid bottle. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take uh, an unknown substance to the kids, to adults, it's just regular old rubbing alcohol. Uh, an unknown substance, and I'm just gonna put a little bit in there. <laughs> and we're gonna do an explosion to take the air out of here, correct? Correct. So what I'm gonna do is yeah. I, want, I actually want my rubbing al alcohol to vaporize. So okay. I'm just gonna roll it around a little bit, make it get a bunch of vapors in there. The rubbing alcohol mixed with the oxygen, the vapors from the alcohol, and the oxygen will, melt, uh, will mix together. And when you light that, Boom! It's gonna make a nice little explosion. Are you Can gonna I do, do this? Alright. Now let me tell you what we're gonna do right yeah. after this. So when the explosion goes off, it's gonna blow all the air out. Whoosh. And then, and it's gonna make that sound. It's gonna be really cool. Trust me. Try it at home. Then after it makes the whoosh sound, I'm gonna put my hand over it okay. to keep any air from going back in the bottle. So all the air will go out. And then I cover it. Okay. And then you should see the effects. The air pressure on the outside should Effect. You All wouldn't right. think air. I mean, like I'm not that weak. I can make a little dent, but yeah. Not. Watch. This is uh, this is actually pretty impressive. Make okay. Sure there's good vapors in there. So just strike it, drop it in there. All right. Strike it, drop uh, it uh, in. Uh, oh yeah. Wow. Is that cool or what? I, I stopped it just because I don't want to break our, yeah. our bottle. But wow. Uh, see, I just instantly. Woo. Yeah. Instantly. Can we so, do it again? Yeah, you know, we gotta actually <laughs> put some uh, fresh vapor inside, some fresh, oxy fresh oxygen. Before we do that, I'd love to talk about a spiritual principle that I think we can think through with a bottle like this. Do you know the Bible says that greater is he that is in us mm. than he that is in the world? When I look at this uh, particular bottle, I see nothing inside of it or what doesn't appear to be, but there is a great force. Yeah. And in fact, it's reverse. The force from the inside is greater than the outside. Eric, I'd imagine there's probably some people watching right now that have a lot of pressures in their life, maybe in their marriage, their finances, their families, or maybe they're just having pressure mm. to put up with their brother or sister. <laughs> you know what, those are real pressures, but there is a God that is greater than those pressures. Yeah. God is greater than the enemy that is in the world. We need to remember that, and we need to make sure that we are filled with His Holy Spirit. Amen. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is incredibly important. All right, we, I don't know if we weaken this or not, but uh, we want to make sure there's enough oxygen. Try it again. Let's try it one more time here. I'll put a little bit more rubbing alcohol in our bottle. Do I get, I get to drop the match? Hey, or you do, seem are you doing that this You time? like blowing things up. We're going to let you blow things up. <laughs> All right. Hang on just a second. Let's make sure it's right. well ventilated here. And again, are you going to try this at home? No. No, you're no. not going to try this at home. Technically. Just because you want to doesn't Technically, mean you Ben should. and I should be wearing safety glasses at this time. So All right, you, you wear safety glasses. Let's see if it'll work. Ooh, not a lot there. Didn't really happen. Yeah, nope. we didn't have enough. There was not enough oxygen you in failed. here. I failed. We need more oxygen. <laughs> oh, in we here. had to get more. Oh, yeah, man. so you really do need to uh, get that oxygenated because it didn't have a good mix of, of oxygen. So we'd have to actually pump some air in there in order to make it oxygen saturated again. Hold tight. I've got something for that. Ah. Ooh, a pump. Yes. Nice. Watch this. All right, let's see how it works with a little extra oxygen in there. Ready? What does that smell? What am I smelling? You're smelling the vapors of the rubbing alcohol 
that has burned off. All right. And the match, of course. So we'll know if it had oxygen in it by the amount of explosion, I imagine. Yeah, you'll see a and nice little And that's what poop. we're removing. We're removing the oxygen. That's the air. You're, you're actually, you're, it's becoming the fuel to flame the uh, explosion that you're about to see. All right, give that a shot. Okay, let's try it again. Here we go. There it goes. Oh, wow. Is that cool? That is awesome. Or is that cool? That is very cool. Well done. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash creation today. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. You know, I have to say, I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about hermeneutics. Even yes. how to say the word. If we want to understand what God is saying to us, then it is critical to understand how to read his word accurately. Mm -hmm. So back to your question. Uh-oh. Judge not that ye be not judged. Right. So is it okay to judge people? Well, if we take that verse in context, <laughs> it is. Because there is a righteous kind of judgment. We're actually supposed to exercise this kind of judgment, but with discernment, according to John 7, 24. When Jesus told us not to judge in Matthew 7, 1, he continues to tell us the rest of the story. He was telling us not to judge hypocritically. Listen to what the next couple verses say there in Matthew chapter 7. It says, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why behold the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how will you say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. You know, what Jesus is literally condemning here is a hypocritical self righteous judgment of others. Right. We're not supposed to have hypocritical judgment, but judge righteous judgment, yeah. which is rooted in love and led by the Spirit. That's true. That is what John 7, 24 is saying to judge in righteousness. So what exactly have we learned here today about biblical hermeneutics? Okay. One, we have context is very important. That's true. Using scripture to interpret scripture is not circular reasoning because the Bible is a collection of over 40 books by or 66 books by 40 different authors. Mm -hmm. And progressive revelation. I've heard it explained that the uh, Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That's cool. So this helps us understand things that are not as clear in the Old Testament, but are brought into focus in the New Testament. Understanding cultural <clears throat> context is critical. It's very important. I like how he said, you have to keep in mind that you're reading somebody else's mail. We can't just take a verse out of cultural context. Uh, that really leads to bad exegesis, as we've learned. Mm -hmm. And don't forget the extended interview. We, talk, we asked Chris Roseboro about Genesis 1 to see what his hermeneutics were on that. So oh, loved his answer. You got to go to creationtoday.org to check that out. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you guys very much for joining the Creation Today show. We've had a great time. Uh, you can uh, learn more at creationtoday.org. Uh, put these hermeneutical practices to, to or these, uh, what are they called? Hermeneutical guidelines. guidelines that's yes. the word. Put these into practice as you read scripture so you can get the right context out of God's word. Yeah, and if you get stuck in 
can't remember these hermeneutical guidelines, <laughs> yes. or if you have a problem understanding a certain verse, just remember to go to Creation Today. And you can use our search engine at Creation mm -hmm. Today. It is an incredible search engine that indexes the top biblical apologetic websites. And I guarantee you a great answer just like that from that website. Yeah, it's especially designed search engine, what has 400,000 400, 400, articles, articles yeah. on <laughs> science and the Bible. Really you don't cool. want to lose out on that. Hey, if you have a question for us, please feel free to send it in. Questions at creationtoday.org. Thanks for joining us. Yes, and we'll see you next time. Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today.